What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the ESPN Esports Podcast. It's Rachel, and I'm here with Jacob today in the studio. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm running on very little sleep, but that, that is to be expected. Welcome to free agency. Yes, it's free agent day. League of Legends free agency for those of you who are not League of Legends followers. Um, lots of players are announcing their status on Twitter slash Facebook, etc. A free agency, which shout out to Elaine, Power of Evil is now a free agent. So Elaine, look forward to that. Um, so before we start in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'd like to kick off the podcast with one thing we're grateful for. For me, it's franchising coming to League of Legends and also, therefore, job security. Uh, Jacob, what about you? For me, I think it's kind of like the change in pace this year. Um, when what I do came, you mean? When I came into the year, and this is kind of personal for me, but when I came into the year, uh, just kind of come off the last offseason a, a year ago with uh, notably the Rockstiger story kind of being in like behind me. And that was like a, a month period of just getting like death threats and and all sorts of just criticism and really uh heavy hitting feedback uh in not such a good way so that that was really kind of bothersome and then this year i really didn't know what i was going to do and then the overwatch league and lcs happened and really an lcs franchising happened and, and that really set a uh a pace for me and i'm really happy that uh that happened because it, it gave me something to do throughout this year that i was like it never felt like I had a dull moment, which I couldn't say last year. So I'm I'm really thankful for that. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it must be really hectic reporting on two completely separate leagues this year. Is there any change that you feel from last year? Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, there's not any time I think I have uh, downtime by any means. I think that everything, everything is changing in one league or another. Um, the Overwatch League was really difficult because it was a lot of people I had never encountered, uh, including some people that are on the television behind us right now. Um, Who are on the television behind us right now? uh, Kirk Lacob is at that tournament at the moment. Um, And Maui, uh, which is, yeah, he's he's scouting players. Um, So, uh, and for those unfamiliar, Golden Guardians head now. Um, But yeah, so just a a ton of people that I hadn't met, uh, definitely out of my comfort zone as a reporter and learned a lot, uh, met a lot of cool people, got a lot of people that I can confide in in terms of like contacts and friends, but also met a lot of new team owners and things like that that are uh, very smart and I'm excited to kind of see what they bring to our business. And that, that has been really fun for both of these leagues and kind of seeing 22 total franchises uh, finally like solidify and yeah, not a sure. lot of changes. So. I remember last year when I went to the Riot Games press conference, I asked about franchising and the answer was sort of like, that's not really something we're looking into. I think it's, I said this on our last podcast and then recent, more recently at this year's world championship and press conference, it had already been solidified. So it was just really cool to see that jump. And it was definitely one of those things where I really wanted to ask them like, oh, you guys said you weren't into it last year. You weren't into franchising and all of a sudden you're on the bandwagon. But, you know, I take my victories where I can. Yeah, to clarify that, that was probably not truth that was told to you last year because uh, it's kind of been a topic since, like, 2015. I just think it's more, it became a really big deal at the beginning of this year and then was announced in May. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely a big change in pace, I think, and, and shapes the industry very differently, particularly for League of Legends and Overwatch League. And it's going to happen again in EU next year, so I'm excited for that as well. Right, for sure. And... Another thing I'm grateful for is 
Jacob, thank you for keeping us all entertained during the <laughs> off season with all the wolf bombs. Yeah, this is a uh, well. I guess first you're welcome, even though I don't really like saying that. Um, I, I guess I'll pull the Chick Fil A my pleasure. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's been fun for me too. So it's uh, I'm, I'm thankful for all the people who have helped me with that sort of stuff and and kept me in the loop and uh, certainly have grown as a reporter. And I think that. This this year's been really good for me. So, so are you okay with wolf bombs or wolf droppings, which is what Cliff loves to call them? I don't even know. So I feel like wolf bombs is stealing Woj's thunder, and I really like Woj. And Why I is it called Woj bomb? Yeah, it's called Woj bomb. So I'm like, I don't want to take away from a colleague, especially someone I really admire. Yeah, but um, Jacob, you have an emoji. That's true. I do have an emoji. I'm gonna do an an emoji later today. Uh, humble brag on the iPhone, <laughs> iPhone 10. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw I saw Rick Fox's an emoji yesterday, and I was like, I must get inspired and do the wolf an emoji. <laughs> My uh, dream is for the wolf droppings <laughs> to catch on because that is both a terrible and hilarious name. Somehow, uh, somehow Tyler invented the wolf umbrella. I, I don't know. He uh, misclicked, and now he's just going with the umbrella emoji. So I don't, I don't really care what it's called, to be honest. I'm, I'm just uh, happy doing what yeah, I do. Yeah, we're just literally gassing you <laughs> up on this podcast today. But lots Thanks. of things happening in the off season. As you told me before the podcast even started, there's been how many um, reports so far that you've done? Eight? Twelve, Twelve. since Sunday. Just yeah. kidding. Twelve. Yeah. Yes. So... I think one of the most interesting things that's happening this offseason is all the acquisitions by Team Liquid. I mean, at this rate, they're pretty much going to buy up the entire NALCS. What are their plans? And I'm seriously wondering how they are going to field this massive roster. So they they did acquire the four of Immortals, Xmithy, Pobelter, Cody Sun, and Anda. And then they got Impact or will sign Impact in the next couple of days. Uh, from C9, although he'll be a free agent, so it really doesn't, no conflict with, uh, C9. And yeah, so, and then they're, they've let go of Piglet. Uh, they have let go of Young Ben, I believe. There were, there were a lot of contracts that they just didn't renew. Like, I haven't seen anything about Matt. Um, so right now their starting roster stands as, uh, three players, which is Impact, uh, Impact, Xmithy, and Pobelter. And then, um, there are reports today of Doublelift, which, I think could happen uh, to be determined. Um, and then they're currently cycling through supports. So there could be a world where it will beat up a left or Cody Sun. So uh, either way, I think it's fine. Interesting. I, I I mean, I wonder what they were thinking when they were picking up the entirety of the Immortals roster that was left in shambles after they I actually got rejected. Know, I know a lot about this. Um, so Stunt was already spoken for with FlyQuest, who got acquired as well. And he was a solo piece because FlyQuest was offering him a starting spot. And if he would have gone to Liquid, he wouldn't have been a starter. In the case of uh, Immortals, so when you have to sell, if you're one of the teams that gets removed from the league or doesn't get reaccepted in the league, uh, Envy, Dignitas, P1, and Immortals, then you have to sell or terminate all your players to be entitled to your exit payment. And as soon as you do it, you're entitled to your exit payment. So, uh, Mortal's exit payment is somewhere around $2.8 million, and um, is, they, that, is that the most out of all the NALCS teams that yes, didn't get accepted? Okay. Yes, it is. And uh, Phoenix 1 and Envy are second with like 2.57 or something like that, um, million. And so, as soon as Immortals gets those guys off their books, they are free. 
So they wanted to do it as quickly as possible rather than piecemealing those players out. Liquid was willing to do it as a bulk acquisition and pay a significant amount of money to acquire in bulk. And then they are willing to resell the players that they don't use. So say Cody Sun does have interest from somewhere else and they do get double lift, then they're going to be willing to resell Cody to another team, which they can do. Yeah. And that immediately gets them off Immortals books. Immortals has no more players on his books for a league. Right. And it seems like this is this is definitely liquid. They are a money team. And I think that's why Impact has joined them. Like, he obviously Indeed. cares more about the money. Like, if he wanted to win, he would stay with Cloud9. But he cares more about well, he also the got, paycheck. He got an offer from SK Telecom, was, was what was reported by yeah. him, which was true. Um, Could you imagine him moving back? I could, actually. Like, they're, they're keeping blank. They're keeping Faker, for sure. And uh, they, announced, a free agent. they announced that so Sky sad. and Peanut will be free agents. I haven't gotten any confirmation on Bang or Wolf, but I could see Impact. Like he, I think he had something to prove when he came over here because he was really bad in that winter. After was right- that on Energy? No, no, no. So he, when he first came to North America, he actually had a really bad because he had that really bad season last KT where they didn't make worlds. Right. And yes. then um, that winter, he was also really, really bad. And then they ended up getting rid of him and getting Marin. Or like they had him and Marin together and Marin was the better performer. So it was basically like, Okay, well you can sit bench most of the time or you can go somewhere else and he chose to go to Impulse, if you remember. Oh, and then right. on Impulse he was kinda yes. mediocre. On energy he was the best player, but it's still a very mediocre team. Cloud Nine kinda like elevated him, I think, and, yeah. and really showed what he can be. But yeah, I think this was very much a mo- money motivated move. Um, Cloud9 was willing to match his offers. I heard this offer was pretty significant based off what he was asking for other people. How significant? Um, Do we have a ballpark estimate? There's or a lot can of, we speculate? There's a lot of rumors, and so don't take this as fact from me, but I would say that Impact lies around the million-dollar range, which is not Wow, first million-dollar... Well, this is our speculation, just to clarify to all the listeners. But yes, that would be our first million-dollar player. Yeah, so the way... I would say that it's probably structured somewhere to how Liquid did Rainover's contract. So Rainover's co- contract was $350,000 a year plus a ton of bonuses that averaged out to around $800,000 a year. And I would say that it's probably structured similarly. Like, significant salary, but a lot of bonuses. So the contract worth is probably around a million. And I would say the, that the bonuses are distributed. Interesting. Interesting. And who's the highest paid top laner in the NALCS currently? Uh, it was Looper last year, and it was $750,000 a year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that was Looper on Echo Fox. Wow. I think you and I chose the wrong profession. We should have just became pro gamers. Sports. If only it were that simple. Yeah, I, w- I wish that was I wish that was the case. Jacob is like very low key about it because he knows he had the chance to become a pro Call of Duty player like once upon a time. Yeah, and then I didn't. <laughs> Thanks, parents. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Call of Duty players don't make that much anyway, so I'll, I'll I'll be okay with this. Okay. For now. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering what Liquid's game plan is. Are and I wonder if this roster will actually succeed, which I guess is the better question. If it doesn't then there's something wrong and they really need to look internally. Cause Liquid they should is, just overhaul their entire management. It hasn't worked for them for two years. So I think real. they're keeping Kane. Kane is a good piece to keep. Um, they were going to have Internet Hulk in that team as kind of a life coach before he passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was the plan was to have Kane as a strategic coach and, and Internet Hulk as like a head coach slash life coach. Um, I reckon they'll try to find someone in, to fill a similar role to him. 
I think that they'll probably I think they'll probably keep like Jorge, the analyst, and they'll probably hire in a better analytics staff. Um, management, I'm not sure exactly what they'll do. I would assume that they keep Nartris. They've put him in a few videos lately, so I I would think that his role is pretty secure. So if this roster doesn't, this is probably the best liquid roster we've ever had, even when they were a curse, I would say. Um, I don't know. I will remember the the season where I will dominate was the jungler and uh, who else was on it when Piglet was playing really really well. I feel like that was probably one of the best season? iterations of their roster. I'm blanking on the year. I think that was season but, five because Piglet and Impact left in, after season four. Yes, from SKT. So I think that that was probably the year that it was Dom Quas yes. Piglet. Yeah, Dom and Quas Phoenix. Piglet. Phoenix, boy, boy, before uh, Phoenix and, and special was and on the special, roster as right? Well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this roster is much better, to be honest. I think Paul Belter was Paul Belter was probably the most valued player in the last three weeks as everybody looked around, but because Immortals controlled his fate, then he didn't control his own. I actually think we'd see Paul Belter on a different team if that wasn't the case. I don't think he's unhappy with being on Liquid, especially with the roster they're building. But I think that he would have probably gone elsewhere if it was his choice. Um, I think Paul Belter is probably one of the highest value players in the league because he doesn't take up an import slot. He's a North American resident and he's very good in a league that is consisted of like Korean and Danish mid laners. Yeah. Um, so and I think he speaks Korean. Yes. Uh, not so fantastically, but yes. Um, yeah. Enough to communicate. Enough, enough to get by. Yes. Right. Um, and then also I think Ashmethy is, is had a pretty good resurgence on Immortals since leaving CLG and, and that trade with CLG and Immortals for Dardock and Xmithy. And uh, Impact is, as we said, really good. So I think if they do round it out with double lift and another support like that, that is probably, I do think that is the right, best Right, but a superstar roster can be a superstar roster, but at the end of the day, it's all about, I mean, we've seen so many star rosters fail this I think the, season. I just I, don't feel like we can put all our eggs in one basket at this my point. My biggest concern is resource management if it is Impact and Doublelift because they're both very resource heavy. Uh, Smithy and Pobelter are not very resource heavy. I think they can, can kind of get by. And that's kind of always been why Paul Belter is good is he doesn't have to be a resource hog like a Bjergsen or a Jensen to win a game. Um, so I think... That would be my big concern if that's that's that roster, um, but I think that this can work. And if it doesn't, in the in the world where this team doesn't place top three, then Liquid needs to look internally at management more than they do players. Like I said earlier, I feel like they should have looked internally months ago. But yes, we can't look back in retrospect. Yeah. All right, more ESPN esports in a moment. But first, we'd like to hear from you. Whether you're new to the podcast or have been listening for some time, we'd like to know how we're doing. So leave us a rating and review. And if you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so we're easy to find next time. And if you subscribe in the ESPN app, we can send you an alert whenever we have a new episode. And you can always tweet us your thoughts at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel Younggu, or at Jacob N. Wolf. And we're back with the ESPN esports podcast. Now we're going to talk about CLG for a hot second. because So they've re-signed most of their players... But Aphromu is exploring free agency. Aphromu, who's been sort of the face of the team and the veteran, why can we speculate as to why he's not re-signing? This would be a really great time if we had rights to the song Cash Out, the Calvin Harris <laughs> recent song. Uh, there are certain players, like we mentioned, Impact, that, that do want a better salary and want almost want to explore what's out there now with 
with the change in teams and with new management being around and new management styles being around. And Afremu is one of those players. He wants to... There's a chance. He does have a CLG offer on the table. Very sizable CLG offer on the table, from my understanding, that would match up pretty well with the other teams that would offer him things, like even with the NBA teams, because they have Knicks slash Madison Square Garden backing. So I think it's him wanting to explore because he's not done that really ever. He's been very committed to CLG since he joined years and years and years ago. He's been the one consistent piece in CLG. He's the only original member from that lineup that was Double Lift and uh, Double Lift and Link and what was it before? Oh, like Nian. Those were the good days. Yeah, way back. He was on that lineup and um, I think he's just curious to see what's out there. I also think he wants a competitive salary, but I don't think the competitive salary is the only thing because I think CLG would give that to him. So I think that it's it's more so just about him exploring what's out there, exploring his worth because he's a North American sport and he's probably one of the best North American sports. So I'm excited to see where he ends up. I think there are a couple places that he's talked to and I'm, I'm curious to see where that ends. Right, but, and I think it goes in one of two directions, which is does he want money or does he want to win? I, I feel like CLG had think, a winning formula. I feel like I, I I'm actually well, I mean, questioning got, why he they wants got third, to leave. They got third. They haven't qualified for Worlds Third in a is pretty bit. good. They've consistently been doing well for the yeah, past but they year. Yeah, but they haven't qualified for Worlds. There are teams like Liquid and like C9's remaining mostly the same, so like c is going to be good again. TSM looks like they're going to build something really good, depending on what they do. And looks looks like Liquid's like building this super team or whatever with all these really star level players. So I, and we know how well super teams do. Sure, but in the event that it actually does well, like CLG probably won't qualify for Worlds again at that point. And I think that that's why he's explored. He's re- he's messaged a lot of people, and um, hmm. I'm curious to see where he ends up. I, I wonder if he I don't can... think he's working with anyone too. I don't think he has an agent of any kind. He's been doing this on his own. So I wonder if he'll end up in a position where he's able to dictate how a team is going to look like in the off season. I think those options are there. Um, I think that there are some teams. He so he is a, a pivotal player in the sense that. When you have someone like Echo Fox, who still, I believe, has Gate under contract until next year and could probably keep Gate and be fine because Gate's a, a manageable support, but if they were to get Aphromoo, they could really change what their brand is and brand around. He's one of those players you can brand around really easily because he's a big or he's got a big brand to himself and he's a big name. Um, so if you look at things like that, or you look at other places, um, it's really intriguing to see where he might end up. And he really he really is very valuable, I think. But uh, it's it's really about if the value that he sees in himself, which I understand to be also a lot, and a lot of these players think that there's all, just because the NBA teams have money to spend, that they're going to spend it, which I don't think is necessarily true. I think that they're going to, some of them are going to try to just not be terrible um, and try to build something that, that works and then build off what works. So I don't think anybody's going to like pay a significant amount of money for him. I think there's a chance he returns to CLG and it's not off the table, but I I don't know. He's he's definitely looking. Like he's a free agent as of today. I hope he shakes up then ALCS by moving to a different team. I would actually love to see Afro in a management position where he gets to choose the core components of what a team roster is going to look like. I'd love to see him on something like TSM as well. I think that that would be 
fun. Oh, and speaking like, of TSM. It's a winning team. Let's talk about their moves in the off offseason shuffle so far. They've uh, so re-signed Bjergsen. Three reports out there. So they had Bjergsen under contract till next year to clarify. So didn't right. need to re-sign him. He's st- he's stuck. Um, they still have Hanser under contract. They have Svenskeren under contract for the next few years. Do uh, they? They do. I don't think that necessarily means they retain him at the end of it all. I think that they're still exploring. Like there were reports of Sven Mithy and Mike Young, but I don't know yet. And those definitely are not signed yet either. So it's really hard to want to commit to those without some kind of verbal agreement uh, or signature, especially for Svidamithi, who have other options. So, um, Well, it seems like every season they just try to rebuild a team around Bjergsen, and so far hasn't really worked out for them. Yeah, I, I think this could be a little different, but, you, you know, they they are consistently first place in North America. That's not an issue. So Yeah, that's true. They have the infrastructure to succeed. Yeah, and they they brought in Song, who I think is a good coach as well. So, yeah, then that one's done. I am interested if Aframu does move to TSM, what kind of team that's going to look like. Because you're going to have two leadership voices on that team. Or right now, it's actually, shot calling has really turned into a democracy, hasn't it? Sort of. The the big callers on that team were Double F and Bjergsen. Right. So, so I think if Aframu were to join TSM, sorry, I'm just wildly speculating because... I would love to see Afro join TSM in this unlikely universe in the future, but... I don't think he'll end up on Liquid, but I could see that being a thing, too. Um, I don't think C9... Smoothie already said he is coming back on C9, I, so I don't think that that would happen. I'm I'm really curious to see what his options are, because at that point, you have people like Echo Fox, uh, Optic, and... Echo Fox, Optic, Clutch, Clutch Gaming... Clutch, Clutch Gaming. Gaming. Yeah, Clutch Gaming... 100 Thieves, like, there's a few in there. Golden Guardians, which we haven't really heard much about. I think they've been a little slow. So, um, we'll also, see. I don't, I don't expect a, an Aframu agreement quickly. Let's go over the new teams really quickly. Golden Guardians, Clutch Gaming, Optic Gaming, and... 100, 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves, right. Riot Games came out with their team announcement yesterday. We got some new logos. FlyQuest got a new logo. And we saw the logos for Clutch Gaming, Golden Guardians, and 100 Thieves. My personal favorite is the Golden Guardians. I know yours is probably something different, but it's it's on brand with the Golden Warriors theme. And it looks really, really sick. The sword, I'm down for that. Yeah, I actually like it too. I, I like it better than 100 Thieves. Clutch Gaming's not terrible. I see what they're going for there. What are they going for? It looks like the Avengers logo. It's got the Texas star in the middle, CG. I've been hearing one of their mottos is going to be CLG without the L, uh, which... Wait, really? Yeah, which is... That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, um, oh, I, my God. I do think that the Golden Guardians, like, I didn't really necessarily like the name, but I like the logo, and I like the tag GGs. So, <laughs> yeah. CL- I can't get over the CLG without the L. Yeah, that's a good Smack Talk motto right there. Yeah, it is. I don't think they're be a good go team. for it. It yeah. better be a good team. I know. Otherwise, you better eat your words. But if they get who they're wanting, uh, that's that's not a terrible team. A team was was envy or part of it was envy last year, and they're getting rid of Seraph. So that oh, I mean, that's sorry, a good thing. Seraph. That's a good yeah. thing. So I wanted to talk about how the Cavs, Warriors, and Rockets are officially part of the NALCS. I guess I did that backwards. We talked about the logos first. 
but yeah, now it's it's you've been reporting on this for months, so now it's finally happened and it's been announced. It's very exciting. It's relieving for me, right? Like I knew it was correct, but it it just just sitting, waiting there, twiddling thumbs, waiting for everything to get done. It was like it was supposed to be two weeks ago, then it was supposed to be last week, and then it was this week. And uh, yeah, I think um, they're all structured very differently. Uh, the Warriors are very much using individual people in their company. Plus, they hired Hunter Lay. They used to work at Riot and Yahoo. Uh, they're hiring Loco as their coach. Uh, 100 Thieves is probably the most intriguing structure, which is like... Is it really managed by Nadeshot? Like, mainly managed by yeah, Nadeshot, So it's, it's managed by Nadeshot. It's managed by Blake Robbins, who's a venture capitalist that lives in Detroit. Uh, it's managed by Jay Cohen, who works at Detroit Venture Partners. And it's managed by some people that are at the Cavaliers. So the the common thread between them is they all work for Dan Gilbert, which is the <laughs> owner of the Cavaliers. And that's how that, that works out is that, like, they're all affiliates of or employees of Dan Gilbert. And that's how that, like, management structure works out. So Dan Gilbert is the proper owner of, of 100 Thieves. And what about the Rockets? The Rockets is actually the simplest. Owned by the Rockets, ran by the Rockets. Very simple. Like, think, nothing hard. Do you think each one of these teams are going to have varying degrees of being hands-on and hands-off? I think there's a different management approach for all of them, and I think there's a little bit of management change in the existing teams. So I think that the Rockets, you're going to see a lot of stuff from, and already have a little bit, uh, from Sebastian Park and their team, Daryl Morey. They were highlighted very specifically in the Riot press release. Um, for those that are unfamiliar with basketball and NBA, Daryl Morey is very high regarded by a lot of people because he's very outspoken. He's a very good interview. Um, he's good in front of the camera. He's good on podcasts. You hear him on all sorts of uh, yes, but plugs. He, he's also very good at seeing what works for the future of entertainment. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Chris Mannix and Bobby Marks and Bobby Marks, who works for us uh, at ESPN, and and they were talking about like Clint Capella, who is phenomenal now on the the Rockets and Clint Clint Capello is like signed as an undrafted free agent and like Daryl Morey just was like yeah he'll be great and now he's really good so it's like Daryl Morey was the guy that engineered the Houston Rockets trade for James Harden when James Harden is now their star franchise player and he was like third fiddle in Oklahoma City back then to Russell Westbrook and and Kevin Durant I miss those times but anyway go on yeah so like you know Daryl Daryl has really built himself this wonderful reputation with his times with the Celtics and the Rockets and the NBA and I think that Sebastian will try to take a very similar role of like he he will get in front of camera he'll talk on on podcasts which we can talk about later but yeah, yeah he's um Sebastian's a very outspoken guy very nice guy from everything uh ev- from everything I've encountered uh, I actually saw him a couple weeks ago and I said alleged alleged congratulations and uh I called him back yesterday and I was like official congratulations I don't have to say <laughs> alleged anymore right um alleged congratulations no, this doesn't even sound right <laughs> um yeah so it uh I think that that team will you'll see those two people, Daryl and Sebastian, really hard focused on in terms of of their role and being sort of almost like Noah, uh, Noah Winston with Immortals and how Noah was is very like every time Immortals wants to say something, Noah's in front of a video camera. And I think that that's a similar role you'll see. Interesting. I I guess what I'm looking forward to the most when the NALCS shapes up next season is. If being hands-on, if traditional sports being hands-on is actually beneficial for these teams or if, for example, like let's say the Rockets have a 
give a lot more power to like the endemic esports crew running their team. Is that going to be more successful than let's say a a I guess more traditional hands-on sports approach? That's a good question. I think where you're going to see the biggest impact from the basketball teams is that you're going to see a lot of change of pace in marketing. I think that that's the big thing is that the the reason why basketball is so attractive and and why basketball is so attracted to esports, why that's a, a mutually beneficial relationship, is that basketball knows ba- basketball has the, like the youngest audience of all traditional sports. NBA knows how to market on social media much better than traditional sports teams in the MLB and the NFL, and uh, that goes both ways in the sense that like esports wants to learn from how they do it in the NBA, and the NBA wants to be able to utilize their resources in social media marketing and and like billboards and, and star power to really capitalize on esports and make an esports business. And that's why you see so many NBA teams that overlap. Um, I have always said that the NBA is very similar to esports in the way that what is popular, right? So like city affiliation is very heavy in the NFL. And I think that's why you see a lot of NFL owners in the Overwatch League because it's city affiliated. It's supposed to be about uh, your like pride of where you grew up. And so... That's a big thing in the NFL and the MLB. It's a big thing in the NBA as well. It is, but I feel like star power matters a lot more in the NBA than necessarily in the NFL. Yeah, but in the NFL, they're wearing helmets, so it's really hard to market them based on their faces. True, but I I also, like, I just think generally, like, when you see LeBron James move from the Cleveland Cavaliers to Miami Heat and then back again, there are probably a lot of people, even though there were people in Cleveland that burned his jersey, there were probably a lot of people that went and watched Miami Heat basketball that probably didn't because now they have one of the best players in the world and best players of all time. We also know? call those bandwagoners, but sure. that's a whole other discussion. But they, but they still buy merchandise. Yes. They still tune in and give TV ratings. Like the, Those people still they still contribute to the ecosystem in a good way, right. even if yes. they do bandwagon. And I feel like that that's a bigger, bigger thing in the NBA. You know, like I haven't. I grew up a Hawks fan. The Hawks are god awful right now, and I've watched a couple of games this season. But like, I've probably watched more Boston Celtics this year. I'm not like a Boston Celtics fan, but I like watching seeing them play basketball. They're a good team, you know. So, right, I, I think that the NBA has that going for it. And I think esports is very similar because if you saw like Bjergsen, for example, I'm not saying you will, but I'm saying if Bjergsen in the future moved from TSM to another team, I think you'd see a lot of people go with them because they're Bjergsen fans, not Absolutely. TSM fans. They're and like. There are those exceptions. TSM and Optic are really good exceptions of, like, they have brand fans, and they've kept those brand fans, but most of the time, you're going to see a lot of people that move over. Like, you'll see a lot of Immortals fans now be Liquid fans, because they have three, or, or they have two you? players. I think you will. You'll, they have two of their players, <laughs> right? Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's why there's so much crossover. They're actually very similar in the way the audience digests content and digests the sport. Yeah, and I... That's a good point. Like, whenever I watch the NALCS, I don't just tune in to watch my favorite team. I watch the whole day because I want to watch the games and the players and not so much. I don't even really have a team to root for. I mostly watch for the players that I find interesting or play interestingly. Yeah, I think there's three types of fans in sports and in esports. There's your really casual fan who watches maybe like Worlds every year. There's your hardcore fan like us that cover the sport or people that don't cover the sport and necessarily just digest it all. And they watch every NALCS game, every EU LCS game. And then there's people in the middle. And I think the people in the middle are the largest subsection. And those people maybe just watch their favorite team or watch their favorite player. And, like, that's what that middle section is really hard to hit from, like, a content creation perspective, like our perspective, in my opinion. Um, But I think that 
that fan base is very similar to the way the NBA works, and I think that that fan base is not necessarily as similar as like MLB. And you see things like game recaps in the MLB are really popular, like inning recaps and things like that. And that not it's not necessarily a one to one to esports. I think the basketball is much more similar. Right. So let's wrap up really quick. You have a podcast going on sometime this week. Yes. Undetermined, but you will be talking to Bryce Blum, Sebastian Park, and Kirk Lacob. Lacob? Yes, I'm talking to Bryce Blum, Sebastian Park, and Kirk Lacob. Uh, we are talking about the changes in franchising as well as uh, some of the things they want to do with their teams, uh, Sebastian and uh Kirk in particular. Kirk is the assistant GM of the Warriors and is very involved with Golden Guardians. Sebastian is the director of esports development at the Rockets and is very involved with Clutch Gaming. And so we're going to talk about kind of their futures of the team, changes to the league, basketball and esports. Uh, and then Bryce also was very involved in um, the CLG deal for, with Madison Square Garden. And then also many of these people are his clients. So it's uh, kind of nice. He can talk about things that aren't client privileged right and that will be posted to be determined but if you want to find out you can follow jacob on twitter at jacob and wolf that's all the time we have for the podcast today thank you jacob for joining me and for more esports content you can check out espn.com slash esports or you can follow us on twitter at rachel yongu and at espn underscore esports